0: You have your Bibles you can go to Proverbs chapter 18. In Proverbs chapter 18 the Lord is beckoning us to come running this morning. The Jesus is beckoning you. He's calling you right now. He's calling you if you could if you could see him he's he's standing here at the altar today and he's beckoning you, he's calling you to come running after him to pursue him, to lay hold of him, the master of the feast has prepared a table for you and I the master of the ceremonies, Jesus has prepared a table a feast, a heavenly feast for you and I and he's calling out, the master is calling out, saying come and dine, come and dine, come to the table of the Lord, come to the eternal table of the age Come and feast. Come to the tower of the Lord. In Proverbs chapter 18 and verse 10, it says, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Everybody say that with me. Strong tower. Come on, say it again. Strong tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. And the righteous run to it and they are safe. Come on, you need to shout there. The name of the Lord is a strong tower and the righteous run to it. Are there any righteous in the house today that are running after the Lord? The the name of the Lord is a strong tower. Verse 11 says, the rich man's wealth is his strong city and like a high wall in his own esteem we find here a comparison between the name of the Lord and the righteous and the rich man and his wealth. There's a comparison here of the strong tower of God and the strong city of the righteous, or of the rich. Jesus is calling to you and I, the righteous, To run in, to take hold of his name, to come into the strong tower of his name, and to forsake our... Reliance on our own success. You know, it's not just about money. You can you can have a poor man who thinks money is gonna solve all of his problems, and a rich man who thinks all of his money is gonna solve all of his problems, but it's still reliance on human success, human effort, human vanities. But the name of the Lord is a strong tower, and the righteous run into it and they are safe. It's an unchanging tower. It's an impenetrable tower. It's an impregnable tower. It's the tower of the Lord. McLaren says this in his commentary on this verse. He says, one need only name them side by side to feel the full force of the intended contrast between the name of the Lord and the rich man's wealth. On the one hand, the name of the Lord with all its depths and glories, with its blaze of lustrous purity and its infinitudes of inexhaustible power. And on the other hand, the rich man's wealth. What contempt is expressed in putting the two side by side? It is as if the author had said, look on this picture and on that. Two fortresses, yes, the one is like Gibraltar, inexpungible on its rock, and the other is like a painted castle on the stage, flimsy canvas that you could put your foot through. Solidity by the side of nothingness, for even the poor appearance of solidity is an illusion, as our text says, with bitter emphasis, a high wall in his own conceit. So we see here this, this great contrast between the name of the Lord as a strong tower and, and putting our, our dependence upon our own successes, our own vanities, our money, our own pride, our own conceit. The name of the Lord is associated with His glory. When we talk about the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. We're talking about the glory of God. When when God talks about His name, He talks about His glory. They're associated together. In Exodus chapter 33, this is what God said. He said to Moses, I will make my goodness pass before you. And I will proclaim what? The name of the Lord before you. And he begins to describe his glory, the name of the Lord. He says, I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and I will have compassion on whom I have compassion. In, verse thir- in chapter 34 and verse 6, he says, And the Lord passed before him, and the Lord, the Lord God, merciful and gracious, long-suffering and abounding in goodness and truth. We sang about His name today. We, we talked about His name, the power of His name. There's no shadow in His name. The glory of the Lord, His mercy, His goodness is abounding to you and I. So the name of the Lord is a strong tower. His name, His glory is a place where you and I can run. In Philippians chapter 2, Paul wrote, Therefore God also has highly exalted him, giving him the name which is above every name. The name that is above every name, every name that you can name in this life, the name of Jesus, is above every name. That at that name, at what name? At the name of Jesus, The glory of the Father in His Son. The glory of God personified in the person of Jesus. When we talk about His glory, when we talk about the glory of the Father, we see it personified in Jesus Christ. When we talk about the glory of, of the Father in creation. When we talk about the glory of the Father and His mercy. When we talk about the glory of the Father and His, His loving kindness and His forbearance and His goodness. What we're, we're talking about, Jesus. His glory is manifest. That's what the Bible says, that, that, that God manifested himself and dwelt among us, the name of Jesus that every knee would bow every knee will bow before that name, at that name there's salvation, in Acts it tells us that there's no other name under heaven given to men by which we are saved in Acts chapter 3 there's healing at the name Jesus. Remember remember the lame man at the gate of beautiful. He'd been laid there, laid there and laid there and laid there and laid there and laid there. He was lame from his mother's womb and had been laid at that gate. And Jesus walked by, or uh, Peter and John, excuse me, Peter and John walked by. Jesus walked by too, but, but Peter and John walked by. And they said, silver and gold we don't have. We're not, we're not putting our reliance on the wealth and our own conce- conceit. Proverbs eighteen eleven. 11. Our, uh, our money will perish. But what we do have, but what we do have. Does anybody have something this morning? You have the name of Jesus. Say that with me, Jesus. He said, in the name of Jesus, rise up and walk. I don't, I don't have wealth to give to you, but what I do have, there's power in the name of Jesus. When they arrested Peter and John, what they tell them? They said, you've got to stop preaching in the name of Jesus. Why? Did they say they could preach in the name of anybody else? Just don't do it in the name of Jesus. You could talk about Buddha. You could talk about Hinduism. You could talk about Greek mythology. You could talk about any. Just don't do it. My, does this sound familiar today? Just don't do it in the name of Jesus because there's power in that name. The gospel changes things. All these other gods, all these other religions, they're just dead men. They can't change a a mountain into a molehill or a molehill into a mountain, whatever. They can't change a thing. But when you start saying the name Jesus, dead people start getting out of the graves. Things start changing. People who were lame and crippled from birth start being healed at that name. People who were demon-possessed. Oh yeah, forward forward the story in Acts. Paul was annoyed by the slave girl. That's what she was. she was. She was a slave to her masters because she had a devil on the inside of her that helped her tell people's fortunes. And that she would go around telling people their fortunes and they'd pay her and then she'd bring the money to her masters. Well, she, she got fixated on Paul, and she thought she could stop his ministry by following him and telling everybody, this man's talking about Jesus. That We, we would like that. You know, we like the crowds. Oh, yeah, tell, tell me more about me. Tell me more about what I'm doing stroke my ego some more tell me even the, even the fortune teller sees who I am not Paul Paul the Bible says was greatly annoyed by her <laughs> in Acts 16 he was greatly annoyed and turned to the spirit and said I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her There's power in the name of Jesus. Power to deliver the oppressed. Power to deliver the possessed. I've watched it. I've watched His power deliver the captives. I've watched in His name the sick be healed. I've watched in His name those who were possessed, controlled by demonic influence, get delivered. I've watched the power of God. Why? Because there's glory in His name. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's not a weak tower. It's a strong tower. The, the, the imagery here is of safety, security. It's a place of refuge. It's never changing, but ever present. This was the tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's the same tower that Joshua could put Moses in and say, Moses, I'm putting you in the basket. But it's the name of the Lord that's sending you down the Nile River. My, my, my hope is in the Lord. My trust is in his name. The name of the Lord. Abraham left his home city in search of a city made by the hands of God. He left out on the name of the Lord. Noah built an ark in the middle of, of never seeing rain. Never understanding what a flood was. But God said judgment is coming. And he built an ark. And and, and he ran into the name of the Lord. Our strong tower. And God shut him in the ark. I, I would have loved to have seen what that must have looked like as an innocent, well, not quite so innocent bystander, but to watch out of nowhere that, that heavy, 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 massive door of that ship just begin to close on its own and to seal shut as the angels of the Lord put him into that ark. David, you've come to me, you Philistine. With your spear and your sword, but I've come to you in the name of the Lord. There is a strong tower. I might have just five smooth stones, buddy, but I only need one, and it's gonna sail and launch right into your head. I've come to you in the name of the Lord. Joshua fought the enemies of Israel in the name of the Lord. Paul was in prison in a strong tower guarded by 16 men. I preached on it last week. He had 16 soldiers around him. But he was in the strong tower of the Lord. It wasn't wasn't the strong tower of those men. It was the strong tower of the Lord. And the angel came and loosed him and brought him out of the prison. John, in the middle of his torture and his abandonment on the Isle of Patmos, found himself in the Tower of the Lord. Elijah, I could keep going. Elijah on the mountaintop facing the 450 prophets of Baal. They were scratching themselves, cutting themselves, dancing around wildly. But Elijah standing there taunting them Oh, maybe your God's asleep. You need to sing louder. Maybe you need to cut yourself a little bit more. Maybe you need to get his attention. He's not listening. Elijah steps up when it's his turn and prays a simple prayer. And fire fell on that altar. And not only consumed the sacrifice, but the water that was around the sacrifice, the water that was in the trench around the sacrifice, licked up every bit of water. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Here's what history says about the tower. The tower was formed in the center of a community, around which all the houses, all of the activity unfolded. From their tower, people kept lookout over the community's territories. They launched offensives when the community was being attacked. A tower could carry a fire, and from it, folks trumpeted signals. Towers drew its people from wherever they might roam. Over time, they developed into central storage houses, banks, and seats of government. Towers are buildings around which the greatness of a people forms and which it becomes manifested. Think about the tower of the Lord. That the wealth, we're enriched in His tower. He sends out the signals, the warnings to us from the tower. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. It's where the government, upon His shoulders, is the government of all things. He's sitting and ruling and reigning over all things. The tower of the Lord. He is our storehouse. He is our richness, the abundance. He is our government. He's ruling and controlling His providence over all things. He's a signal to us. When we find ourselves drifting out away from the tower. He's an ever-present tower in the middle of the storms of life that we can look to and run to. Notice how the righteous pursue the tower. It doesn't say they walk after it or lazily When I feel like it. We have a lot of laziness right now in the church. When I get to it. When I get around to it. No, it says they ran. They run. The righteous run to it. The imagery here is that when an invading army comes into a town. What, is, what do the people do? They gather together their belongings. The armies are pursuing them. And they, they gather just what they can grab as they're running out of the house. And with every muscle strained, they are running to the next city of safety. The image here for you and I, what the poet is saying, is that we are running, we are every muscle straining after the name of the Lord, the tower of the Lord, that we're pursuing after Him. The righteous run into it. It's an urgent priority for us to get there. It's not something that we passively walk after, but it's something that we, with great energy and effort, are pursuing, the name of the Lord. I want to tell you today to lay hold of the name of the Lord. When someone goes running after something, they pursue it to obtain it. Paul said that I forget what lies behind and I press on to that which is before me. He talked about running after the prize. I wish somebody would help me this morning. I'm running after. I'm running after something. Not so I can passively say that I'm pursuing, but so that I can lay hold of something. I can lay hold of Christ. I can lay hold of that name. I can be clothed with Him. I can be endued with power through Him. I want to lay hold of Christ. Hebrews 12 tells us to run with endurance the race that is set before us. Endurance is the the Greek there. Translation It's the characteristic of a man who is not swerved from his deliberate purpose. His deliberate purpose and his loyalty to faith by even the greatest trials and the sufferings. That this is a per endurance, that that I'm gonna I'm not gonna be sidetracked in this race. No matter what happens, I have a purpose and a calling. My identity, who I am, is in him. What I do in this life is found in him. This world. I'm just passing through. The successes of this life are nothing but conceit and vanities. But what is eternal is the name of the Lord I'm pursuing after. I'm running with endurance. I'm delivered in my purpose. In Galatians chapter 5, we're told to run obeying the truth were to run well obeying the truth. In other words, not allowing other people to stop us from running the race. This speaks to Paul was specifically in Galatians was dealing with false teaching. Teaching that you what you began in the spirit you would somehow finish by works of the flesh. So he was dealing with a false teaching but but it applies so in so many areas how do people stop us from running the race? Offense? Hurt? They, they draw us away. People make judgments about us. There's, we take on the lies of others. Does anybody hear me this morning? And we find ourselves, instead of running into the name of the Lord as our strong tower, we've become sidetracked by what others have said or done. Let's just summarize what Paul was addressing in Galatians that the people were being affected by what other people had done. And if we're not careful, we can allow what other people do to affect how we're running the race. There is no weapon, listen to me, there is no weapon formed against you that shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against you, you shall condemn. That is the promise of the Lord to you. So it doesn't matter what people say. I'm going to keep on running into the name of the Lord. So we run with endurance. We run obeying. In Philippians, we do not run in vain. That word vanity in the Greek is really powerful. It means to boast of something of being spiritual, of spirituality, but containing no fruit or evidence of faith. It means to say, Oh, I'm spiritual. Oh, I'm I'm a great Christian. Oh, I go to church. I, I'm really but there's no fruit, no evidence of it in your life it means to be an empty vessel so we're warned in Philippians 2 that as we run to not do it in vain to not run after vanities to not run after emptiness to not pursue vain things or to run empty yeah. what happens when a runner runs on empty Pastor Angie's not in here so I'll ask my wife what happens when a runner runs on empty cramps cramps injuries fatigue sign me up for that when the when the, don't run on empty when a runner runs on empty there's effects in their life you get cramps you get injured, you fall off the track you fall off the wagon and the, the paramedics gotta come pick you up and bring you to the hospital that's what happens when you try to run on empty spiritually you can't run, I'm, I'm preaching to somebody this morning, don't shout me down when I'm telling you the truth, you can't run on empty, you've got to drink, you've got to drink, Jesus said out of your belly should be flowing rivers of living water. You've got to have a drink of spiritual waters. You've got to have a feast on the manna that's come down from heaven. The bread of life. You've got to feast and drink on him. Otherwise, you'll find yourself being affected. 2 Thessalonians tells us that we've the word of God must run on ahead. We're talking about... Running, the word of God must run ahead, and he says, Be honored. That the Greek there, what he's speaking of is that the word of God must speed on ahead, run ahead to glory. It must run or speed ahead to glory. It must run or speed ahead to glory. I don't think you hear what I'm saying. That that you and I are called to run on ahead, to speed ahead to His glory. So when we're running, we're running after His glory. We're not running after a crown that perishes. Jesus told us to not lay up treasures in this life, but to store up treasures in heaven where moth and rust and decay are not setting in. We're we're running after an eternal crown. We're running after an eternal glory. The trouble, Paul told us, that you feel in this life, the problems that you face in this life, are working for you a far eternal weight of glory. So I run into the name of the Lord because it's a strong tower and the righteous are safe. That I'm running after His glory. I'm not running in vain. I'm obeying His word and I'm running with endurance. The righteous forsake all other means of safety. They look to Christ. Psalms 20 verse 7 says that some trust in chariots, some in horses, but I will trust in the name of the Lord. Horses are nice. Chariots are nice. But my trust is in the name of the Lord. What does it mean to put your trust in the Lord? The word there is that car. It's where my name comes from, actually. It means to remember. It, mean, it means to Not just to think about or have a thought of, but it means to remember to the point of action. That you are remembering, meditating on, diving into something that the Lord has done. And it's developing a trust and an assurance for where you're at today. It's the same if you fast forward into the New Testament when Paul said, I know whom I have believed. And I'm persuaded that he is able to keep that which I've committed to him. It's an assurance. Why? Not because uh, somebody else told me so. It's an assurance, it's a trust because I remember the works of the Lord. I remember what He's done. I remember when He brought me out of Egypt. I remember when He delivered me from the Pharaoh's army. I remember who brought me out, who saved me, who delivered me. I remember Him who healed me. I remember the moment where He baptized me in the Holy Spirit. I remember when when He continues to feel... Come on, somebody. I remember the works of the Lord. So if you find yourself forgetful today, remember... Remember and you'll trust. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. and The righteous run into it. Who is running? Who does it say runs into the tower of the Lord? The righteous. Say it again. The, the righteous run in. The righteous run in he's calling you to run away from your sin to flee from your sin and to run as righteous into the tower of the lord when you and i lay hold of his tower the name of the lord makes us Righteous, We forsake all others. We forsake the sin. We forsake the carnality. And we run in. Who may ascend the hill of the Lord? And who may come into his presence? He who has what? Clean hands and a pure heart. God said, be holy for I am holy. We forsake the sins, the carnality. And we run into the tower. Bible tells us that with every temptation there is a way of escape. What is that way of escape? That you and I Hebrews tell us that we are not we we don't have a high priest who doesn't understand Uh, oh my goodness that we don't have a high priest who is separated and not understanding but our high priest was human and was tempted in every way that you and I are and represents us before the Father the name of the Lord is a strong tower that when temptation comes, I have a strong tower to run into. I don't have to continue on in sin and depravity. I forsake all others and run after him. It means I forsake the sins of commission. It means I forsake the sins of omission. It means I forsake those things. You say, Pastor, I don't know what those are. It's called worldly mindedness. I've wrote down a few. I thought I'd share them. It's called worldly-mindedness. It's having having more affection and attachment to the things of this world than you do your tower of righteousness. It means means that you like your wealth and your conceited ideas more than you do the tower of His presence. It's worldly-minded. It's called pride. The problem with pride is you can't even see it. You think you're good, all's good, I don't need help, everything's okay. If you find yourself uttering those words, everything's okay and I'm good and life's grand and there's never any self-inspection or conviction, it's called pride. (laughs) Pride goes before destruction. But when I humble myself, I run into the tower of the Lord. It's called envy. When I I want what everybody else has, when I'm never content, when I'm never satisfied, I always want. It's called envy. It's called bitterness. Oh, y'all get quiet on me up in here today. It's called bitterness. Yeah, it's a sin. Bitterness is a sin. You know, get more bitter as I preach. Slandering. Slandering, talking about other people, lying, hypocrisy. I think sometimes we need to be reminded what the Bible calls sin. Slander, lying, hypocrisy. Robbing God. That just sounds bad in and of itself. Why would any man want to rob God? Anyway, I'll just keep moving. Bad attitude. And to him who says they are without sin, cast the first stone this morning. The reality is, is that all of us on a regular have to forsake sin and run to the tower of the Lord. It's every day forsaking the sin. You know, Hebrews, going back to Hebrews 12, to throw off, to lay aside every weight that ensnares you. It is a daily lifestyle of repentance. This this, my friend, is what repentance is all about. It's laying aside the sin that so easily ensnares and entangles, and, and, and the lying, the hypocrisy, the worldly mindedness, the carnal. It's laying it aside, it's recognizing it. It's saying, I've become apathetic to the things of the Lord. It's saying I've become apathetic. I've lost my first love. I've lost my passion. The church is no longer a priority. That his house is no longer a priority. His word's no longer a priority. His presence is no longer. It's, it's just calling it as it is, friend. You don't have to cover it up and put your makeup on it. And call it pretty. It's sin. It's pig slop, and it'll bring you to hell. Call it what it is, and run to the tower. Run to the name of the Lord and be saved. Run to the name of the Lord and find His righteousness. You don't have to make it look good. <laughs> when, you, when you go to a cancer floor on a, on a, in a hospital, Nobody's trying to dress up the fact that they've got cancer let's make it look pretty. Everybody on the floor has got cancer and everybody on the floor is trying to get well. Nobody's trying to call it something that it's not well it's you know it's not really cancer it's it's a growth you know we just want to make it look nice. No, they call it what it is. Why? Because it's killing them from the inside out. So if you want to deal with the cancer, stop making, making it look nice and just say, it's killing me from the inside out. I need to run to the tower of the Lord. I know you all love me this morning. I'm telling you, I, I, I wrestled. Over this last week, the Lord, as I was preaching on prayer, I gotta tell you, just personal note, the Lord challenged me so, so heavy on this. I stepped off the platform, Heather told me something, and immediately, it was like, the heaviness of that word, repentance, sunk into my heart, and I've been wrestling with it all week. The heaviness of that word, repentance. It's a word that, that we don't like to hear, because we think that it has a bad connotation. Listen, when you have cancer, treatment sounds like a good option. Yeah. Figuring out how to deal with it, so when you're sick, find, <laughs> I'm looking at our doctors. I, I, when you're sick, you gotta find a means to get well. Yeah. It, it may not always be the best ride, There might be some consequences to those sinful activity. There might be some things that need to get uprooted. When you repent of the bitterness, then God requires activity based on your repentance. That means you might have to actually go forgive somebody. It might mean that if you're lying about something, that you are going to have to tell the truth all of a sudden about something. And and if you've been lying about it for 20, 30 years, there might be some repercussions to that. But... But there's healing when you do it. It's amazing because you're not messing with your sin. You're running into the name of the Lord, who's a strong tower. And you know what happens? I find most of the time, not all the time, but but, but I do find most of the time that God is so gracious and so merciful and that That if if you repent, he's faithful to forgive. And not only is he faithful to forgive, he's also very faithful to alleviate some of those consequences. Some of what you really deserved and some of what really needed to take place. You find shifting and changing. And all of a sudden, because you're in the strong tower of the Lord, God makes even your enemies at peace with you. I I can count a lot of times where I've probably done some stupid things. But the Lord always, if I'm faithful to repent, is always, always working it out for my benefit and His glory. So just repent. There's safety in the glory of the Lord. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. Here's a promise for you. Proverbs chapter 3 and verse 24 says when you lie down you will not be afraid you will lie down and your sleep will be sweet you'll be at peace clear conscience and Hebrews 13 says the Lord is my helper I will not fear what can man do to me the Lord is my helper I've run into the strong tower of the Lord what can man do to me I love Zechariah 2.5. It says, I, says the Lord, for I, says the Lord, will be a wall of fire all around her and I will be the glory in her midst. That's a promise for you and I, that, that even the rebellious Egyptians or the rebellious Israelites running from the Egyptians, the Lord was a wall of fire in her midst and the glory round about her. We have a promise from the Lord that he will be the glory and the lifter of my head. So what does this mean? As I wrap this up today, what does this mean for you and I as the righteous? We're running in. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. What does it mean? It means that you and I need to make use of his name. There's power in that name. There's freedom in that name. There's healing in that name. In the name of Jesus, we preach. In the name of Jesus, we pray. In the name of Jesus, we line. Our life lines up to that name. When we name the name of Jesus and we behold the glory that's in that name, our lives begin to be transformed into that image. You know, when... when When you worship, the the Baal worshipers would carve into their bodies the names of their gods and worship. And that was the image. They'd become the image of, of their gods. We have a name that has been written, the Bible says, upon our foreheads, the name of Christ. We've been sealed with the Holy Spirit. It means we become, we take on the image, the nature our God. Secondly, it means that we forsake, we flee from all unrighteousness, and that we, be, we run in, the righteous run in to the strong tower. We run, it's, you're either running from or towards something. As a righteous man or a woman, we're running from sin, and we're running towards God. We're running into his strong tower. Thirdly, we run with urgency. We run with priority. We're living in days where it is not safe as a believer to dilly-dally. You know what I'm talking about? We have some dilly-dallyers in our family. Come on, Jonathan. Get your stuff together. Come on, Zoe. We were supposed to leave 15, 20 minutes ago, and you're still getting your shoes on. Come on. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Dilly Dallers. When when the enemy is rushing in like a flood, (laughs) when the enemy comes rushing in as a flood, my Bible still says that God will lift up a standard against him. The tower of the Lord is the standard of God against the. Stop playing in the enemy's territory and get in to the tower of the Lord. So run with urgency, run with priority, exert your spiritual muscles, and get in to the tower of God. Stop waiting for someone to come entice you with some spiritual carrot. You know where you need to be. Get there. (laughs) Amen. (laughs) And it's for your benefit that I say these things. Let me say that, very clear. It's for your benefit that I say these things. Make Christ the center of your life, the tower was the center of the community. Everything happened around the tower. Make Christ the center of your family. Make Christ the center of your life. Make sure that your kids know that Christ is the strong tower. That in the middle of uncertain times, that in the middle of chaos, in the middle of pandemic, in the middle of this world, Christ is our strong tower. He has been, he is, and he ever will be. And then lastly, just be at peace. Because when you get into that tower, and you, you climb the staircase, worship team, you can come back. That When you climb the staircases of that tower, and you get up, you... you you have to forgive me because I have kids. So I think about Shrek and Fiona in the tower. <laughs> Y'all know what I'm talking about? Or, or Rapunzel. What was the one? What's that? Tangled. Thank you. I heard multiple people, I heard all those with kids or grandkids say it. Tangled, you know, they're up in the tower. When you look out over that window's edge, you're, you're in the tower of the Lord and you're looking, peering over the edge. All of the enemy are like but beetles to be squashed. They're not a problem anymore. I'm in the tower of the Lord. They, they can't penetrate this tower. They can't dig under this tower. They can't climb over this tower. There's no ladder that will reach me. There's no, there's no backhoe that can dig under this. I'm in the tower of the Lord. And they are but beetles to be squashed. All of a sudden, when you're in the tower of the Lord, your perspective changes. It's like when you're in the airplane on the ground, and everything's about the same size, and you get 30,000, 40,000 feet up, and everything changes. When you're in the tower of the Lord, everything changes. Your perspective changes. Your perspective on people changes. Your perspective on what you put on Facebook changes. The perspective on how you live changes. Everything changes because you're in the tower of the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Why don't you stand with me this morning? He's calling us in. He's calling us to run, to pursue, to run in, to lay hold of, to make it for our own. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it, and they are safe. The name of the Lord is a strong tower.
1: The righteous run in
0: and they are safe. Come on, just declare that over your life with me this morning. The name of the Lord is my strong tower and I'm running in today. I'm running in, Lord. Jesus, I thank you that your name, your glorious name, your name that's like oil poured forth, your name, your name, that precious name, the name that every knee must bow at, that name, the name of glory. Is a strong tower. And I can run in. I can hide myself in your glory. I can hide myself in your presence. I can hide myself in the refuge of my God. Under your shadow I will abide. Thank you, Jesus. You are my strong tower. That I can run. I can run into it passionately. With every exertion of my body. To love the Lord my God with all of my heart, with all of my strength, with all of my mind, with all of my, soul. everything within me can love you and pursue you. Jesus, make it real. Make it real in our lives, Lord. It's not just words on a page. The name of the Lord is a strong tower. We're running into it today. We're running in, we're running in. Thank you for joining the Celebration podcast. For more information, visit ccakron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store.